The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A man with leprosy came to Jesus begging him, and kneeling the man said to Jesus, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But the man went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's first reading from 1 Samuel chapter 4, we have the Israelites who are in battle with the Philistines. The only problem is they're not in communion with God. They were involved in idolatry, they had broken the covenant, and so they were defeated. And then they thought, well, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant into battle with us, and that will make us victorious over our enemies. In other words, somehow the Ark of the Covenant would cover forth their infidelity, but they were manipulating God. Although God certainly was present in the Ark of the Covenant in the fullest sense of that time, he was not present in their hearts. And without God, they were vulnerable. And they were routed, completely humiliated. This was a lesson that they learned and had to learn again and again because throughout the history of the Old Testament, we had defeat after defeat with the Assyrians, and then the Babylonians with the two southern tribes, and then the Greeks, and then the Romans, all because they would not remain in covenant with God. This is an important lesson for all humanity, for us here today, because we know what happens when we sin, when we haven't truly repented and confessed the sin. There's a sense of disorder within us, and we're vulnerable. But with God's mercy, he has given us the sacrament of reconciliation, this powerful sacrament, that when we repent and in humility come before the Lord, he is merciful and then fills us with grace. And that is the healing remedy that we need to be victorious in our lives. In the gospel, we have another example here with this person who had leprosy, which was a very dreaded disease. It meant that he was unclean. He could not go into the temple to pray. He was ostracized from the community. He knew he was sick. You can't hide leprosy. That made him humble, and he sought out the Lord, and he asked in humility, and God healed him. Well, that is what we're called to do as well, because sin is even more disastrous than physical leprosy. It's a kind of spiritual leprosy, but it can be hidden. And so we need to come before the Lord each day with a good examination of conscience, ask the Lord to show us where we are sick and need healing. Notice at the end of the gospel, when this man is healed, 
Jesus tells him not to say anything because Jesus knows this early in his ministry, if he's only known for being a doctor who heals physically, he will be completely misunderstood. But the man disobeys. He's not yet reconciled spiritually with Christ, and he tells everyone. And now Jesus takes the place of the leper. Jesus cannot now go into the towns and villages. He has to go out into the countryside. Nevertheless, all the people flock to him for healing. For us today, we have been healed. We're going to be healed even today in this sacrament because venial sins are covered and washed away in the blood of Christ. Notice what Jesus tells us in the Great Commission. Go out and tell everyone. And yet we can be tempted to remain silent. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Hilary, who did not remain silent. He went out and told everyone about the good news of Christ. He was born in 320 in Gaul, that is France, born to well-educated pagan parents, and he was always in a search for the truth. So he really did educate himself in all the pagan philosophers and all of the Platonism, but never really found what he was looking for until he came across the scriptures and he knew immediately this was the truth. He was a married man, he had a daughter, and he also knew a great heresy going on at the time, which was called Arianism, which denied the divinity of Christ. They held that Christ was some kind of midpoint between humanity and divinity, not quite God, superior to man, kind of a hybrid. He knew that would destroy Christianity, and he took up battle intellectually against the Arians. He was so eloquent that the people chose him to be bishop, even though he was married and wasn't even Christian. Well, he converted, of course. He became ordained as a deacon and priest and bishop, and he was persecuted mightily by the Arians and was exiled to the east, suffered greatly there, but continued to write wonderful treaties on all kinds of topics. He wrote a commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, on the Psalms, he wrote a great book on the Trinity, greatly defended Christ and his church. Finally, he died in 368 and was proclaimed doctor of the church. He's the patron saint of lawyers. He was a great defender of the faith. He was called the hammer of the Arians, the Athanasius of the West. He is a wonderful example to us today to continue to learn about our faith, to study the scriptures and the catechism, Take the time to learn because we have multiple heresies going on today and we need to have defenders, each one of us being able to say, this is what is taught by the church to defend Christ in every way and his teachings. So let us pray to our saint that we would have the drive, the zeal to always grow deeper in our faith, always be on the side of Christ, always be humble, and willing to confess our sins.